Achieving a gorgeous grin from home isn't a total mystery with Byteclear aligners. Just don't be surprised if all of your sleuthing friends start asking, what's your secret? Begin by ordering your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95. Byteclear aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces. Plus, they offer flexible financing, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot com. Start your confidence journey today with Byte. Ah. The comfort of your favorite seat is now your comfy car-selling command center, thanks to Carvana. It doesn't get any better than this. Your favorite seat's the best spot in the house. Make it even better by entering your license plate or VIN and getting a real offer in minutes. There really is no place like home. And speaking of home, Carvana will pick up your car from yours after you finalize your offer. Visit Carvana.com or download the app and sell your car from your comfy place. Hey folks, listen up. We love all of our Patreon subscribers, but we're stuck. We're totally stuck at around 914 members. And I desperately want to break the 1,000 subscriber mark before the end of the year. So here's what we're going to do. The 1,000th subscriber at bobseskashow.com or patreon.com slash bobseskashow will get to co-host an entire show with me. I'm serious about this. You'll get the chance to rant about Trump or whatever's on your mind to tens of thousands of listeners. Again, that subscriber number 1,000 will get to co-host this podcast for one exciting episode. So when you get a chance, make sure to stop by our Patreon page at bobseskashow.com or patreon.com slash bobseskashow to sign up. Don't forget to tell all your friends, too. Again, it's bobseskashow.com or just click the all caps Patreon link beneath the logo at bobseska.com. Thank you in advance, and now let the cartoons begin. Broadcasting from Resistance Headquarters, relentlessly fighting back against the clown dictator and his regime of deplorables. Never give up, never surrender. This is the Bob Seska Show, presented by BubbleGenius.com. Attack! <laughs> oh boy, oh boy. Oh boy, oh boy. Uh, yeah, Hong Kong! Hong Kong goes the truck! Hong Kong goes the truck. Hong Kong goes the truck. Did you guys see? Hong Kong goes the truck. The truck goes Hong Kong. Did you see that? Did you see it? Unbelievable. It's so crazy. And you see how it moves big trucks, big wheel, and the big wheels go around. And then when you pull on the horn, the horn goes crazy. And the truck's so unbelievable because it's a tremendous truck. I wish we had a bigger truck. Wouldn't it be great if a big truck came? Like a big truck, big 18-wheeler truck. They rolled down, and then the guy showed up, and he was a macho guy, and he says to me, you drive the truck, and then I get to drive the truck, and I get to go all the way down, and I drive it right into the river, and then I drown in the river, and I feel the water seeping over me, and then the air leaves my lungs, and in the moment where my body starts to react and wants air, I let go, and when I let go, water fills my lungs and I'm finally at peace and only then do I find the complete and absolute solitude that I've wanted anyway I want to go home Bridget I'm tired of this Bob Seska I don't know what we're yelling about the Bob Seska show Hong Kong goes the truck. 
<laughs> the great Tony Atamanik from The President Show. Damn it, Comedy Central, what are you waiting for? Bring that show back. From our nation's capital, it is Thursday, August 15, 2019. And this is the Bob Seska Show, presented by BubbleGenius.com. It is the greatest soap in the universe. Hi, what's up? My name is Bob. Hello, Bob. Hi, day 938 of the Trump crisis. Day 102 of the constitutional crisis. 446 days until the 2020 presidential election. And uh, you know what? I'll explain in a second, but we don't have Jody yet again today. But we do have this guy. The great T-Rex, David Ferguson from the T-Rex Report podcast, patreon.com slash the T-Rex Report. Hey, hello. Hong Kong goes the truck. I'm the guy that's opening for Jen Kirkman on Saturday night. That's right. Holy shit, I forgot. You don't know how excited I am about that. What what are the details again? You're opening where? What what uh, venue? What's the name of the venue? The uh, Forty Watt Club in Athens, Georgia. There you go. Going on at eight thirty. Playing till nine, and then Jen will be on shortly after us. Perfect. Um, yeah. So it's pretty awesome. At what point did you uh, break into my home studio and uh, screw with one of my computers so that it, we'd be delayed for like an hour getting the show started? So uh, d- delayed so long <laughs> that Jody finally had to bail out. She's done waiting. What happened was, I turned on one of my computers, and I know. Let's in- go back further than that. Okay. <laughs> you bought a Windows machine. I bought a Windows machine, and I'm fully expecting that in the comments below this show, it'll be like, "Get a Mac, Bob. Get a Mac." Well, you know, I do have Macs, but the problem is I have this one Windows machine where I have my whole soundboard loaded up, and the problem was I turned it on to start the show today, and it decided, hey, what a great time to update Windows. And so after like 15, 20 minutes when it was on like 4%, I was like, you know what? I I really don't know if we're actually going to be able to do a show today. I mean, it just it came down to that with the possibility that we might actually have to cancel the show. Jody had to entirely bail out because she had other commitments for the rest of the day. <laughs> you know, normal people things. And uh, but that leaves us. And of now course, you're and, stuck with me. Yeah, but nevertheless, as we heard at the top of the show, Donald Trump loves trucks. And I don't know that you've heard this tape yet. It took a minute for me to realize that was even satire. That's how far out on the beam we are. I was like, okay, is this real? Did he actually say this? No. Wait, yeah, no. Silly. Okay, yeah. Hong Kong goes the truck. Right, no. That was uh, that was from the President Show, the great President Show, which is one of the best pieces of satire that has ever hit, uh, especially Comedy Central, but comedy all together. It is so damn funny, and in fact, uh, Kimberly and I are re-watching the entire first season on Amazon, so that's a that's a lot of fun, and we're just re- really absorbing some of the things that we didn't catch the first time around. Uh, what that was satirizing was the fact that Donald Trump just, for some reason, because I guess he's, he's a simpleton, he loves himself mm-hmm. some trucks. And the weird thing about this clip from a, uh, a thing he did in Pennsylvania the other day is that He's not talking about a truck. That's the problem. He's talking about a crane, which is not a truck. But because he's talking about the crane, <laughs> he starts talking about a truck. Wall then, is not a door. Yeah, that's just, <laughs> I don't understand any of this. Here's Donald Trump the other day. Holy shit. Getting this massive job done right has required more than 1,500 pieces of heavy equipment one of the largest cranes anywhere in the world. I look forward to seeing it. I love cranes. I love trucks of all types. Even when I was a little boy at four years old, my mother would say, you love trucks. I- Why is he talking like that? 
Why is he doing that voice? Even when I was four years old, I love trucks. I love trucks. What? Why did? Why is he do? Okay, all right. <laughs> so fucking love. Even when he was four years old, he loved trucks. Oh God. And still loves trucks. Give him a, a big old truck. Honk honk goes the truck. All right. The line is so thin there between reality and satire. It really, really is. The thing with Tony Atamanik and that scene from the President Show is. They didn't plan that. He was just sitting on the stoop and they were getting ready to wrap up for the day. And then this truck comes down the block and then suddenly he jumps and springs into action and starts talking about Hong Kong goes the truck. Hong Kong goes the truck. Which is just brilliant. (laughs) But it's but I mean, what's amazing about it is it's so goddamn accurate. I mean, it's just like where satire and reality just start to merge together into one chimera of awfulness even when i was a little boy little boy four years old little boy. my mother would say you love trucks i do i do i always I love do. trucks i still do <laughs> nothing <laughs> changes sometimes you know you might become president but nothing changes i still love trucks especially when- and, and ironically nothing changes he still poops in his pants <laughs> this is another thing that hasn't changed since he was four years old still i still I'm sorry poop. i can no longer hear you i've jabbed sharpened pencils into each of my eardrums <laughs> I still poop in my pants. That's what I do. I do. I poop. When I look at the largest crane in the world, that's very cool. Do you think I'll get to operate it? I don't know. No! So so just flying on speed. Right there, he's mimicking, uh, you know, changing the gears on the crane. Or the truck. I'm not sure he knows which is which. We'll put the media on it, and I'll give him a little ride, right? Oh, yeah, so yeah, now he's... demonize the media. Let's work that around in. That's right. So now what he's going to do is he's going to use the crane to k- kill members of the media. That, that's, I guess that's what that joke was. I don't know. I don't know what's, which end is up anymore. But that, yeah, Donald Trump loves himself some trucks, and he's not afraid to talk about it. All right. Well, you know what? We actually have some serious news here, too. All right. Yeah. Uh, w- where do we even begin? I guess here, uh, the Trump recession is on the way. And the big question I have for you, T-Rex, you've been doing this for a while. We've both been uh, in the blogosphere and so on since the uh, Bush administration. And obviously, the trend has been. What's the trend been? George H.W. Bush uh, crashes the economy. Bill Clinton fixes it. Uh, George W. Bush crashes the economy. Barack Obama well, no, fixes it. Start with Reagan. Reagan put the whole like you know Star Wars on the credit card and just you know remember the Star Wars defense system he was going to make and oh yeah, and yeah. it was Reagan really who pioneered deficit you know, U.S. deficit funding, right? Like bankrupting the treasury in order to artificially inflate the economy. Yeah, well, what and, he really you know. did was he did, he started the Star of the Beast strategy, which was to uh, rack up enormous debts and deficits so that when the next guys come in, they can't do anything because there are such high deficits. And what that does is it cripples the Democrats' ability to actually pass any legislation, to pass their agenda, because, you know, it costs money to pass things like health care and education and solving the climate crisis and all the rest of it. And, uh, well, you can't have that. So we got to make sure that we run the de- with just gigantic deficits. We got to save the banks. 
Yeah, exactly. I mean, it was just we all remember two, <laughs> 2009. It was exactly this. It was Star of the Beast in action in 2009. What happened was is uh, George W. Bush racked up a gigantic deficit when Barack Obama was inaugurated. The deficit for 2009 was already at $1.2 trillion on Inauguration Day 2009. $1.2 trillion. By the way, the Trump budget deficit at the end of 2020 will be $1.1 trillion. Yeah, so... And then what happened was, as soon as Barack Obama had to, you know, repair this gigantic uh, worldwide calamity, the Republicans screamed poverty and austerity and refused to authorize any money by way of a stimulus, which, by the way, happened to also include the largest middle class tax cut in the history of the United States. That was in the Obama stimulus. Uh, the Republicans had to filibuster that and made sure, that, oh, we're not we're going to make uh, Barack Obama a one term president starting right damn now as the economy is collapsing all around us. That was <laughs> Moscow. Mitch, and, and that's what we're looking at again. It's, it's happening all over again. And quite honestly, David, I don't know whether to be more pissed at Donald Trump and the Republicans or the amnesiacs who elected him knowing what we all went through in 2008 into 2009. It was uh, chaotic. But I don't know how If you watch Fox News, that was all Obama's fault. It happened on his watch. <laughs> yeah, that's you right. Know, yeah. It was after he was elected, the economy tanked, and everybody knew. You know, it's just there's, they've rewritten history over there. Mm-hmm. Uh, and they've completely... Ugh. Yeah, so uh, this is the process. This is what we're going to go through. So not only is Donald Trump... Uh, engaged in this ridiculous trade war of choice where he is deliberately he's using uh, 19th century tactics yeah 19th century tactics. tariffs i mean it's just ridiculous it's uh yep yep and it's, then like he, they announced that oh no we're going to postpone the, implementing the tariffs until after christmas because <laughs> he loves christmas that's what i do i do i do stupid things I poop, um, poop, I poop in my pants. Um, which, you know, the Christmas shopping season is, is certainly something we need to be thinking about in the middle of fucking August. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Um, but I mean, what, is he do- what, he, what he's doing is he's confessing the fact that uh, that this has nothing to do with China paying the United States. China! This is about the American people paying higher prices, not China or anyone else. China. This is a Trump tax. Trump's tariffs are taxes. And he's admitting to it right here by saying, hey, you know what? I'm going to call it off because of Christmas coming up and we don't want to punish people buying toys for their kids. Well, then what are you confessing to, Biff? God damn it. God damn it! Um, now what we're looking at, we're staring down the barrel of another recession. There's a leading indicator that we all heard about yesterday. Many of us for the first time, the inverted yield curve, which is now, you know, the thing that everyone says to look smarter. <laughs> but it's really just, I mean, it's Wall Street uh, jargon for just a standard leading indicator that's actually been accurate every single time in the last 50 years. Every recession has been preceded by an inversion of the yield curve. And basically what that means is, just to put this into uh, uh, more reasonable terms here, um, there are a couple of different kinds of treasury bonds, right? There's one that has a maturity process of, I think, 10 years, and another one has an investment term of two years. And what's happened was the return on the two-year bond is now exceeding the return on the 10-year bond, and it should be reversed. What it basically indicates is people are are less uh, comfortable investing in a long-term bond because of the instability of the markets. And so that's kind of the 
the cliff notes version of what all of that is but nevertheless so we've got a recession around the corner there have been lots of predictions as to what kind of recession it's going to be honestly i don't think it's going to be as bad as the last one just because how could it possibly be worse than the last one a a recession worse than the last one would be knock some wood or something i mean for real because i mean we're not you know we weren't actually like you know eating rats or anything last time yeah i was at the grocery store yesterday though buying some uh peas to put into a a curry chicken pie thing but buying peas and there was like whole sections of the shelf that were empty and it was like due to inclement weather events portions of our canned vegetable stock are unavailable wow oh there's just a lot of doomsday preppers where you are maybe that's it no <laughs> buying up all the canned peas i think it may actually have to do with immigration roundups on the fact that most of those our food is harvested by you know migrant workers yeah, that could be it too i mean it could also be the uh the trade war on, on top of all and of it that. also just could be you know weather climate change <laughs> yeah i mean there's um, any number of things here but uh, I told my neighbor about it, and she was like, "Oh, that's like uh, that's ominous. That's one of those things that happens in the first reel of the film, and everyone's like, oh, that's weird,' and keeps going." <laughs> yeah, yeah, it is. It's very strange. But I, I don't know that it's necessarily um, directly related to what happened yesterday in the stock market. Uh, no, it was the fourth largest point decline in a single day in American history. And it happened on Trump's watch. The fourth biggest point decline. Seven of the ten largest point declines in history have occurred on Donald Trump's watch. And you're going, well, Bob, it's more a matter of percentages. It's not about the number of points that go down. It's about the percentage no. of the Dow. That no, goes- it's the fact that the economy at this point is like a sprayed roach. Yeah. It's just sort of like <laughs> it's scurrying around before it lops over at its back and kicks its legs in the air. Well, the, the econ- what it is is the economy is volatile because we have an unstable president making erratic decisions on the world stage that impact the global economy when the united states is going to war against china china for fuck's sake obviously that's going to create all kinds of instability and these large one-day drops in the dow indicate that instability this is not to say that you know an 800 point drop is the same as losing whatever it was uh, the last time the recession back back in 2008 i think it was a seven and a half percent decline in the stock market when that all went down um, and so it, w- w- our decline yesterday wasn't anywhere near that, but the, th- those steep declines that happened in a single day, there have been, what, what did I say? Seven of them. This, the seven biggest ones have occurred in just the last year and a half under Donald Trump, 2018 and, uh, eight months into tw- 2019. And, and that is the volatility. That is the instability that we're getting with Donald Trump. So, yeah, he rode the wave, rode the Obama economy on through 2017 and uh, took credit for it, by the way, took credit for the low unemployment numbers that were also Obama, uh, mm-hmm. took credit for everything that o- Obama set the groundwork for. And then somewhere between January and March of 2018, I want to say, that's when he first declared his trade war against uh, not only China, but then also all of our uh, allies too, all of our neighbors, all of our trading partners. <laughs> Fuck you! And that's when all of this volatility started, and that's why you know Wall Street. That's why the financial sector is just taking a dump right now. It's because of Donald Trump and the nerve of him. I mean, the thing I go back to David a lot is during his inaugural address. He described the Obama economy 
as American carnage. That's how he described the previous eight years. Now, granted, when Obama started, it kind of was American carnage. I mean, it was Obama inherited the worst economy since, you know, 1929. I mean, basically, it was like... But everything that comes out of Trump's mouth is projection. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, you right. know, he calls other, you know, he says American carnage is what, you know, it was a promise. It was, you know, it, <laughs> it was, was a promise, right. It was a, you know, it was just a, you know, here we go, kids, let's get some carnage. Well, I mean, the, the difference is, is that uh, at this point in Obama's presidency, the S&P grew by about 61%. Trump's gains on the S&P as of right now, uh, about 20%. And if you happen to be a red hat listening in, if you happen to be a Trump supporter listening in, 61% is more than 20%. I just wanted to clarify that because sometimes n- numbers are hard. Um, and again, I saw a red hat in the wild recently, actually, which is very strange. For did you really? I yeah, I think, we yeah. Ta- I think we talked about that. I was wondering, I mean, are they able to use tools and communicate normally or what? Were they stabbing like little pieces of grass into the mound of uh, termites and then pulling them out and then eating the termites off the grass? Is that what they were doing? <laughs> well, interestingly, the other three people at the table looked excruciatingly embarrassed. I watch a lot of Jane Goodall okay. documentaries, so just let you know what that reference was all about. Okay, I'm sorry. Oh, no, I was just saying that the other three people at the table were all kind of like... You know, you could tell they were uncomfortable that he had the hat on. Yeah, yeah. Uh, George Carlin used to always talk about how uh, war doesn't in- involve hats anymore. It used to be that, you know, when you'd go to war, the different sides would have their own kinds of headwear, <laughs> their own kinds of headgear. They would wear a certain color hat, and you'd go, oh, that color hat means they're the enemy. Well, now it's actually right. it's happening in this sort of... Uh, whatever you want to call it, a cultural cold war that's happening in this country. So now, yeah, the other side has their little stupid uniform. But I mean, what they really need to do is take those things off so that their brains can actually, you know, absorb blood flow again. Uh, and, and in that process, maybe, you know, read some facts, read some numbers. And, and as we all know, numbers don't lie, but Donald Trump does. For example, the Dow Jones Industrial Average. Here's another set of numbers for you, comparing American carnage, the Obama years, with what's happening under Donald Trump. And all to debunk this idea, by the way, that Donald Trump's economy is stellar and that it should carry him through to re-election, which it's not going to. The Dow... I mean, that nosebleed drop yesterday should tell everybody that, you know, it's just... Uh, Again, 800 the, points is eight, a lot. Go eight, ahead. 800 points is massive. This the fourth largest single day decline in terms of points in the history of the Dow. Now, during the Obama administration, uh, the the Dow grew 148 percent during Obama's uh, eight years. Uh, while Trump, while not having served eight years, hopefully never, but, you know, so far, Trump's gains so far have been around 29%. And once again, if you're uh, a red hat and you are figured out how to use a podcast player with your uh, opposable thumb, uh, 148 is greater than 29%. So I'm just, again, clarifying, <laughs> clarifying for the sake of the broader audience, right? So uh, and as far as the recession goes, again, I don't know if it's actually going to happen, but this leading indicator with the inverted uh, yield curve uh, says that there will be one. And the only advice I can give, having been someone who was steamrolled in the previous recession, I mean, absolutely decimated. I'm talking about foreclosures. I'm talking about repossessions. I'm talking about bankruptcy. I'm talking about just everything that can go along with a horrible, horrible recession. Hey, yay for me. I got to experience all of that. 
And so looking back and, and figuring out what I could have done to ease the pain a little bit and, and be a little more prepared, I wish mm-hmm. I would have been able to sock away more money, have more savings. And, and not, not all of us can do that, or hardly any of us can do it anymore. Cause yeah, just- I don't really know. I mean, nobody I know has any savings to speak of, and, and if they do, they're being quiet about it. Yeah. Um, those retirement planning commercials with the green room and the guy, and they just drive me insane because everyone's like, you know, we've only got $100,000 saved for our retirement. And I'm like, oh, is that all? Ooh, ooh, ooh. Lucky you. I mean, if you've, if you've got $100,000 already socked away and you're whining about that, you're way better off than 99% of the rest of us. Uh, it's just not, we're not in that position anymore. Certain things like, you know, college education and so on, student loan debt. And I mean, we're, we're all busily financing our own debt, right? To, to keep our heads above water. And that's the other thing. I mean, that was the other bit of advice that if I could go back and be better prepared for the previous recession, I would have gone back and paid down some of my credit cards when I had the financial means to do so. Uh, because once the recession came around, it was impossible for me to get credit. And so therefore, I was stuck. I had no real financial means as far as savings. I had no liquid assets. And at the same time, I had like zero credit to work with. So I was kind of screwed on both ends. And so if I, again, if I had everything to do over again, I would have uh, uh, alleviated two of those problems before they got started. But nevertheless, well, maybe a Russian oligarch will build us an aluminum plant near you. Yeah. And you can go and get a non-union job working for Oleg Deripaska. Yeah. Um, yeah. I want to get on the talk about that. Deripaska dole. Yeah, absolutely. Let's talk about that. Because, you know, when I heard about this story, and it was a big uh, expose in Time uh, magazine, and there was another one in the Washington Post about how Russia is, and I'm really cutting to the chase, we heard a little bit about this with Moscow Mitch and what's happening with Deripaska's investment in Kentucky, but what we've learned now this week, and Maddow's A block about this last night was uh, alarming, I guess that's the best way mm-hmm. to put it. What's happening is a process not unlike uh, what's currently being used and what has been used for the last 56, 60, 70 years, it's the same thing that defense contractors are doing. It's basically the military industrial complex all over again, but weaponized by Russia. And that is specifically, you know, the the way defense contractors keep their contracts is they set up factories in as many congressional districts as they can. So they're creating jobs in those districts, and then they've got their talons in whoever represents that district in Congress or that Mm -hmm. state, Mm -hmm. as the case may be, depending on the chamber. So what happens is they'll take like uh, maybe there's a particular type of bolt or a screw or something like that that gets manufactured for some sort of fighter jet. Well, they'll build an entire factory in a congressional district that just makes that one screw. Right. That goes into the airplane. And that's enough to keep that member of Congress from that district in the pocket of defense contractors and to keep that money flowing into the the military industrial complex. That's one of the reasons why Eisenhower wanted to call it the military industrial congressional complex. He wanted to add the Mm. congressional part of all of that. So now what Russia is doing, David, is. Russia's doing basically the same thing. They're investing in all these business interests and factories and so on in towns, municipalities, and congressional districts where they can now influence not only the people who work in those factories, work in those jobs, but then also the members of Congress 
who are, you know, obviously in some level of federal control of that district. So then they can influence U.S. foreign policy to be more pro-Russia. Exactly, exactly precisely what we're getting with Moscow, Mitch. He is part of a multi-pronged plan that is a full-on Russian intelligence like plan for weakening other countries. Yes. Make things more culturally unstable. Get yourself invested in their economies so that they're beholden to you. And then just create noise in the media environment so that nobody knows what the truth is anymore. Yep. Uh, This is all part of that uh, series of active measures. I mean, this is about sinking uh, Putin's talents into everything. And, you know, by the way, it's no longer awesome to be talking about Russia, apparently, because I don't see anyone talking about Russia anymore. But the fact is that these stories continue to come down and Russia is still a big effing deal as far as not just direct and immediate influence on our elections. But at this point now, we're hearing about basically a Russian economic takeover of the United States. And you say, well, how can you do that, Bob? How can Russia uh, be capable of doing this? Its economy is uh, worse than Italy's economy, for God's sake. And the way that happens is, well, you don't really need the Russian economy. All you need is enough mm, you just wealthy need some rich guys. Yeah, Russian oligarchs to invest in these companies. And if these oligarchs are working in cooperation with Vladimir Putin, well, that's basically Putin. That's that's Putin planting the Russian flag into as many congressional districts, into as many states as they can. Um and including the state that's controlled in the Senate by Mitch McConnell, and that's Kentucky. Uh, where Deripaska is, uh, I don't know, investing uh, hundreds of millions of dollars in that plan. Th- this is just a staggering turn of events and just goes to show the money ball that is being played by Russia. Meanwhile, the president of the United States doesn't even want to recognize, or at least publicly, that Russia is doing what it's doing. But thank God, at least, at least you know, th- this comes from a report by the Pentagon And so this is something that at least the defense apparatus in this country is aware of. I just don't know that the bureaucracy is actually doing anything about it. I mean, we've heard in uh, previous months, certainly uh, in the lead up to 2018, that I think Chris Ray and the FBI were doing something and maybe NSA is doing something, too. I don't know for sure. So this could be uh, just happening without any opposition whatsoever. Uh, certainly this economic investment in, in the United States. Certainly it's, a, it's more of an economic investment in Congress is a better way to put it. So, But apparently Moscow Mitch is just fuming that people are calling him that, even though he is clearly <laughs> like on the take. He's clearly yeah. like his hand is in the Russian till. Yep. He's getting money from Russia and he's blocking sanctions. He's blocking security measures. But he's just livid that we would call him that. I just, that's just the disconnect there is amazing. The cognitive dissonance, just like the the sprawling wealth that that guy has that's yeah. invested in probably, you know, a huge number of foreign companies. And he's just, how dare you question my patriotism? And it's just like, oh, old man. Anyway, yeah, well, I mean, Jackie said this morning uh, on the Stephanie Miller show that, you know, we've been calling uh, Mitch McConnell a turtle. We've been comparing making memes and photoshops and everything of Mitch McConnell as a turtle for years and years and years now. I mean, I, I go back 
maybe 10 years referring to Mitch McConnell as an albino sleestack. I mean, just like uh, the pejoratives are flying left and right. The uh, ad hominem attacks against Mitch McConnell have been all over the place. But this one in particular happens to have him kind of pissed off, at least by some of the leaks that have come out saying that he's, as he said, really, really irritated with the Moscow Mitch thing because I believe it hits really close to home. It shows him, I mean, very clearly on the on the dole. I mean, whether it was Len Blavatnik giving his campaign $8 million last time around or just these investments in Kentucky forcing him to go, hey, you know what? We don't need to do any election security legislation here, even though there was bipartisan support for election security laws that have been you know, passed by the House of Representatives and certainly moving along in the Senate. Mitch McConnell won't bring any of those things to a vote. Why? Well, because because Russia has bought Mitch McConnell. Mitch McConnell is owned by Vladimir Putin the same way that uh, Dana Rohrabacher was owned by Vladimir Putin. Certainly Donald Trump, Jared Kushner, Mike Flynn, all of these guys, uh, certainly Paul Manafort, owned by Russia. But I mean, the broader point here, even beyond the Trump administration, is just the staggering level of national security threat in all of this, that Russia mm-hmm. is well. Is also, this we've deep. got a, the top law enforcement and intelligence agencies in the country. Anyone who's you know, I mean, Trump went through and fired and just beheaded multiple divisions of the FBI. Yeah. Well, uh, on top of yeah. gutting the State Department, I mean, that that's a crucial thing that no one ever really talks about anymore, just because of the fire hose of news. But the fact is that the State Department barely exists anymore. I don't think we have anyone in some of these uh, diplomatic consulates around the world. I just don't think they're being uh, staffed. I, I just don't think Donald Trump thinks that the State Department is even necessary because he believes that he. He can do all of it. Like, ah, just don't worry. I'm the art of the deal guy. There's no way some secretary of state is going to do some deal. I'm going to be responsible for all of the deals. I mean, this is the kind of megalomaniac we're dealing with. And it's not a megalomaniac who's even capable of tying his own shoes, for God's sake. Uh, he's a terrible deal maker. <laughs> and, uh, and, of course, today what he's trying to do is to distract from this Russia story, distract from the... Uh, the impending Trump recession that's uh, growing larger in the windshield second by second here uh, by doing this out of nowhere attack on Tlaib and Omar um, requesting of uh, of Netanyahu that Israel block Prime Minister Benjamin Netanyahu uh, those two members of Congress from this is how backwards our universe is though that he says it would be a sign of weakness if Israel allowed them to enter the country and it's totally not. It's magnanimity, like the equanimity, the ability to not be threatened by critics is a sign of strength. Yeah. And I just, we're, we've, we just, we flipped timelines. They turned on that big hard on collider and we just. Did you just call it the hard on collider? <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm 10 years old. Uh, the Hadron collider. Thank you. It's yeah. just two letters. You just flip them. And <laughs> that was funny though. Um, yeah, you know, I was thinking, you, you mentioned, uh, hard, this is completely a, a side, it's totally a tangent, but uh, I was uh, chatting with a, uh, a Twitter follower of mine yesterday, a really funny guy, and he was mentioning, he just re- uh, reminded me that I posted a thing back in 2014 about Warren G. Harding's penis, and how Warren G. Harding, former <laughs> president Warren G. Harding, had a nickname okay. for his for his penis, and they just found uh, archival proof that that was actually the case Little that he had Warren. a nickname. And uh, and I noticed in the piece, I I came up with the joke. I was kind of proud of this, that his nickname was 
warning giant heart on. That was my. <laughs> Thank you. Thank yes. you, audience. That's, it's a work of art. Yes, I'm applauding. I, I really, really try. So, all right, you know what? Uh, I got to talk about uh, bugger off bug repellent here, and then we'll come back hey. and, and get into uh, this Pentagon report. There's another Pentagon report with bad news for Donald Trump. In fact, bad news for the Middle East. So, <laughs> good Lord, let's look forward to that. Um, all right, so bugger off bug repellent. Our favorite bug repellent is the best bug repellent. If you're getting uh, ready to go on vacation for the summer, one of your August vacations, you got plans coming up for Labor Day weekend, make sure to get yourself some bugger off bug repellent. If you're tired of bug bites, you've come to the right spot, buggeroffbomb.com. Uh, it was created to swear off all those pesky mosquitoes that plague us every season in a natural way, in a way that smells great, won't stain your clothing with a straightforward ingredients list, never anything toxic. It's easy to travel with in a teeny tiny little tin about the size of a hockey puck, fits right in your pocket, won't spill out, won't squirt out. It's not in a tube or a spray can or something like that. If you know what uh, Chris Lavoie's banded masculine candles come in, it's kind of like that. It's only just a little shorter than that. It's made... Uh, for everyone to use. It's nasty, chemical-free. It's DEET-free. It's kind to humans in the environment. It's got two key ingredients for fighting pesky bugs and other creepy crawlies. Uh, eucalypt- eucalyptus and citronella is in there. It also contains non-GMO soybean oil, beeswax, thyme, rosemary, cedarwood, geranium, basil, and uh, other essential oils. And by the way, smells way better than any store-bought repellents. Bugger off smells clean and fresh, and it's not going to stain your clothing either. Plus, no more Skeeter Bites. Just $10.95 at buggeroffbomb.com, but use our promo code BOBC for 15% off your order. In fact, you can now use the promo code SEXY, S-E-X-Y, for 15% off, too, at buggeroffbomb.com. Support this show by supporting Bugger Off Bomb and stay bug-free all summer long. Again, that's buggeroffbomb.com, or just click the link on the podcast page. Thank you. The Bob Seska Show. Seska Show. And the song is called Wrong Door from their Light Up the Sky album. This is actually one of our Patreon listeners, Jason K., and his brother out of Phoenix, Arizona. I really, really, you know what I did? I actually bought all of their albums. So I got all four prehab albums in my library now. So we're looking forward to playing more prehab songs here on the show, including uh, more from this album, too. Again, it's Light Up the Sky. Make sure to submit your music to bobseska.com slash music, and we'll play it here on the show. Plus, we'll include it at our end-of-the-month uh, Indie Music Countdown show. Uh, I love this stuff. So, um, oh, yeah, and make sure to see uh, T-Rex this weekend, uh, opening for Jen Kirk. Ben. Hey, at the historic 40-Watt Club in at the Athens, 40-watt Georgia. Club. Yeah, there you go. And it's Athens, kind of an institution, and it was one of the first clubs to open in. It's moved around from place to place over time. It's gotten bigger, but it's still the Watt, and it's still an honor to play there. 
Oh, it's so cool. Yeah, I can't wait. I can't yeah. wait to see it. I hope there's a video. I hope I can see some YouTube video or something of, uh, of what happens this weekend. Because I can't make it down. It's to an Jordan. unplugged set for us, actually. My oh, cool! Is going to be playing a big hollow body bass, and my guitar player's got a hollow body sort of semi-acoustic guitar. Oh, I love uh, acoustic! I, I'm a bass player, so I, I love the acoustic basses, especially the you know the sort of the classical stand-up basses. Those things are just so great. The this sound. is actually it's like shaped like a, it hangs around like your neck like an acoustic guitar, but it's bigger and it's got four strings and. It just has a really cool sound. We sound kind of like the Violent Femmes right now. Oh, that's great. Yeah, we were actually nervous about We were like, unplugged. I hate unplugged. Because, uh, <laughs> I mean, we like our noise. Right. Uh, and then my friend Rick, who I interviewed on my podcast, he's from the band Morning Bells from Raleigh, was like, no, actually, you're going to, it's going to be an adventure. You're going to find out how strong your songs really are. Oh, yeah. Um, and he was totally right yeah we totally we had our practice on Monday night we were like this sounds great so yeah it's gonna be a good show well I just you know in the interest of full disclosure here uh you know I'm in the process of doing the show obviously we're doing the we're right in the middle of the show and uh in addition to talking and conversing with you David I'm just like scrambling to like manipulating all three of the computers that I have running to do the show because <laughs> nothing sure is you're using your feet like an organist. Exactly. You know? <laughs> I mean, it's one of those weeks where nothing is working and you know, you start out the week of doing the show and you're like, okay, well, I mean, what could possibly go wrong this week? Uh, you know, lots of things in the news, obviously to be uh, disgruntled about. And you don't anticipate the fact that every time you go to do a show that the computers are going to just not work for you. And it was happening on Tuesday's show with Buzz where the uh, system that we use to, to link in Buzz into the board, uh, it wasn't working. And so it kept shutting down and it was just a mess. And then just today with the computer. And then I was in the process toward the end of the previous segment while we were talking about Russia and Mitch McConnell and all the rest of it, I, I was scrambling to fix something else. So <laughs> that's why the show sounds the way it sounds today. But anyway, so... There's another report from. Is the, there like some pl astrological, like planetary thing going on? I, it just, like I don't know. Mercury I, retrograde. I go right to hackers, of course. That was always my. Maybe it's Uranus. Uranus. All right. Um, <laughs> so. <laughs> <laughs> the Pentagon didn't just scare the hell out of us about Russia infiltrating the country, but there's another Pentagon report uh, out today that says that ISIS has reconstituted thanks to the policies of Donald mm. Trump. Uh, this is directly from the Pentagon. Uh, finding that uh, Donald Trump's decision to rapidly pull troops out of Syria and divert attention from diplomacy in Iraq has inadvertently aided the Islamic State's regrouping in Syria and Iraq. Uh, Pentagon's quarterly report to Congress on the effectiveness of the U.S. Operation Inherent Resolve mission said that ISIS continued its transition from a territory-holding force to an insurgency in Syria, and it intensified its insurgency in Iraq, even though Trump said ISIS was defeated and the caliphate quashed. Many officials and experts have repeatedly warned that a rapid U.S. withdrawal from Syria would enable ISIS to regroup into an insurgency after their battlefield defeats by the U.S.-led coalition. And guess what? Most of us who were following along when this happened said that, that this is the exact thing that would happen. And when Donald Trump decided, hey, you know what, we've defeated Syria, bye-bye, we're leaving, we're out— 
a lot of us, I, I remember seeing on Twitter, were going, yeah, you know what? It's just a matter of time. They're just going to wait you out, and then they'll be back. And then it's just going to be Trump now. didn't actually use the word quashed, though, did he? Uh, no. No. He yeah. has no idea how that's he even He would see that word and be like, you're missing an ass there. You know, like... Uh, <laughs> When I was it a kid, was it was when, terrific. When I was a boy, uh, I hated to eat quash. My, my, my mom would always say, yeah, "Eat your quash," and that's I wouldn't do it. I wouldn't want to do it. Uh, but yeah, so great news: ISIS is back because of Donald Trump's incompetence. What oh else is going to go wrong now? I mean, obviously, some of the unrest that we've been seeing around the world has been exacerbated by the United States just not being a, a player on the stage anymore. We have checked out because Donald Trump is now in this isolationist thing and the whole America first nonsense, except when it comes to, uh, you know, members of Congress who are mean to him. It's America first, except for them. <laughs> and so I think we need to start like a betting pool on what's next. Major disaster, <laughs> like chemical spill, yeah, right. radio, you know, ra- uh, nuclear accident, super flu. We've actually been super lucky in some ways so far. I tell that to Puerto Rico, though, no. Um, but just in terms of just real serious, like mainland kind of totally catastrophic. I mean, most of this administration's disasters have been self imposed. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Well, that's just it. I mean, the recession that we're facing here is almost entirely a consequence of Donald Trump. I mean, he's got 99% of whatever mm-hmm. happens is due to him. He inherited an economy that was just chugging along. Yeah. And he finally managed to, like, slig that monkey wrench around in the, in the you know, control room enough to uh, do some damage. And now we're going to spin into the ditch. And, and, and we're what were all, you about to say, though? I interrupted you. Well, no. I, was just, I mean, we're all f- seeing in real time a guy who bankrupted half a dozen casinos. You know, uh, casinos, which is you a know, business uh, where they like you said, they normally have to haul away their profits with heavy machinery. Yeah. How do you bankrupt multiple casinos? The house always wins. Isn't that the point? So so he took a, a Dow Jones industrial average that was, you know, I think when he took over the presidency, mm-hmm. it was at about uh, 198. I think it was about 19,800. And it ran up a little more because, of, you know, of course, it's got momentum and we all know how uh, kinetic energy happens to work. And so it goes up uh, a little bit more, goes up another uh, four or five thousand points. And then suddenly he starts screwing around with a stupid fucking trade war and suddenly volatility. Suddenly the spazzy white guys in lower Manhattan are going nuts. Uh, so, and then suddenly the yield curve is inverted and we're all screwed. And that's uh, that's exactly what's happened. This is all entirely about Donald Trump. This is, you know, we we said last time it's all about him. Well, yeah, this is all about him. And guess what? You were saying what's going to happen next, David? Uh, Here's what's happening next. The Republican Party is now uh, once again talking about rape. Um, and not just talking about rape, <laughs> but they're now embracing and, and suggesting that rape is a positive thing. And uh, was it Steve King? It was Steve King, wasn't he? He's like, without rape, there'd yes. be nobody left. Absolutely. To carry on the population. It's just, who are these people? I mean, of course, maybe that's what his sex life has been like. 
<laughs> yeah, I don't know. Maybe. Maybe. Mostly foisting himself on a wife who probably zonks out on Xanax and drinks a couple Bloody Marys. Which didn't have to, well, wait, wait. Uh, are you suggesting that Steve King would be bad in bed? That's so unpatriotic. Look at those empty, stupid, <laughs> empathy-free blue eyes. Well, you got to know, know that Steve, don't forget, Steve very strong. He going rogue. Steve very strong. He going he rogue. He going rogue. Yeah. He, <laughs> He's oh got. God. Premature stamped all over him. Yeah. <laughs> Steve, very strong. He going rogue. Oh God. That's that's probably no, it. all those guys. Newt Gingrich. You know, Callista was just like, well, I'll probably get a big diamond, and he won't last long, no matter what. <laughs> You know, <laughs> yeah. Steve King said, "What if we went back through all the family trees and just pulled those people out that were products of rape or incest? Would there be any population of the world left if we did that? Considering all the wars and all the rapes and pillages that's taken place, oh, and whatever happened to culture after society? I know that I can't uh, certify that I'm not a product of that, and I'd like to think every one of the lives of us are as." precious as any other life of course it's horrible horrible grammar and horrible oh, horrible God, sentence just... structure but all to say hey look many of us wouldn't even be here if it wasn't for rape <laughs> look i'm just you gonna know. go out in the garage and get a drill and drill a hole in my forehead and pour bleach into it and just don't ju- don't do that and ride out the trump second term with a self-imposed lobotomy yeah Jesus. Uh, yeah. Um, I can look at that face, though, and think that incest had a, a you know, <laughs> somewhere back in his family tree. Jesus. You know, some cousins got hooked up and some. Well, he admitted it. Like, yeah, I, mean, I want to have sex with a happy you that ain't my sister. You know, like. Uh, <laughs> yeah. I mean, he said, uh, he said, I know that I can't certify that I'm not a product of that. So he's like, you know what? (laughs) So Steve King is saying, hey, I'm Steve King. I'm on this planet right now because (laughs) of rape and incest. Proof that some like Norwegian farmer (laughs) raped a potato. (laughs) (laughs) Jesus. Oh, my God. All right. Well, you know what? I want to take one last quick break. And then when we come back. It's a tough road to hoe, but, you know. Yeah. We're we're talking about Steve King here. And Steve, very strong. He going rogue. And uh, so. You know what? This fucking computer, I'm going to fucking... very strong. He going rogue. See, now, that I I pressed the button like five, ten seconds before that actually played. Uh, well, you know, why would it be any more reliable and less erratic than Sarah Palin herself? There's nothing worse than setting up one of these sound clips and then it not working. <laughs> Man. Welcome to me trying to share my sense of humor with the rest of the world. Come I, on. I, just, I can't tell you how many people just blink at me like a dog hearing a high-pitched sound <laughs> when I try to tell a joke. It's so sad. Not me, man. You're a funny guy. All right. Let's take uh, one last break. And when we come back, uh, they gave Eric Trump a job. <laughs> Eric Trump oh, really? now has a job on the campaign. And I'll tell you what it is right after this. racetrack is a blast high five whoa man uh you can put your arm down now what you gonna leave me hanging come on bring it in for a hug uh that's okay man we're cool what's the matter we're all buds man uh well i i hate to tell you but i think you need to take a pit stop what 
I'm not driving a race car, man. No, pit stop. It's, uh, well, an all-natural deodorant that'll keep your pits from, uh, being the pits. Oh, no. My pits are the pits. Hey, don't worry, man. Luckily, my pals over at Bubble Genius have you covered. They've created all-natural stuff to help with summer stank. Everything from pit stop deodorant to cooling facial mist to talc-free body powders that leave you soft, not sweaty. Hey, cool! You said it. Bubble Genius keeps you cool all summer long. BubbleGenius.com Bob Seska album this is well-known strangers we heard from them a few months ago uh, on the show and it's a song called wandering child this features uh, betsy aid those of you who watched the voice that reality show the reality mm-hmm. competition show the voice probably recognize betsy aid lead singer of uh, well-known strangers damn it i love this album links in the links in the description all right so Eric Trump's got a Trump 2020 job. Can I guess? Do I get three guesses? Okay, yes, please do. Guess. There we go. It actually worked. All right, take your take your three guesses now. Okay, doorstop. Doorstop. No. Uh, no. Uh, food taster for Ivanka's dog. <laughs> <laughs> Funny. That would be appropriate, but no. Okay, last guess. This I think is really the true one. Maybe okay. human shield for Secret Service. Oh no! Oh. But you know what? Not a bad job for Eric Trump. Now you know what? Here's how I'll set up Eric Trump's new job. Um, you know how uh, when you'd get the newspaper as a kid, you'd get the Sunday paper, and your parents would take the the actual paper itself. But then there's also this thing in the paper called the mini page. And this mini page was like a teeny tiny kids version of a newspaper that had little activities that kids could do. Well, so you think in terms of, well, there's the adult version of this and then there's the kids version of something. And in politics, there are adult polls and then there are polls that involve, you know, things like snacks. You know, what the hell are you talking about, Bob? Well, in Iowa, they do a poll where people go into a restaurant and they have kernels of popcorn and they put them in the in, in the jar that corresponds with the candidate they they prefer. Oh, God. So it's okay, a go yeah. on. <laughs> I think they do it. In, there's an episode of the West Wing where that actually happens. Why do we? I I hate our whole primary system. I hate the fact that we go to Iowa and New Hampshire places that have like zero black people and zero Latino <laughs> people, ex- unless they're yeah. there illegally or working under the table. It's just like, why? Why do they get to pick our presidential candidates? It's Iowa. I mean, they picked Steve King to be their senator. Yes, they did. Steve, very Wait. strong. He going rogue. Right. Is he a senator or a House member? He's a House member. He's a member of the House, yeah, yeah. Yeah, Thank God that he's not a senator. (laughs) That would be 
horrible. Um, The president, Donald Trump, and his one son, Donald Trump Jr., they get to deal with the grown-up polls. They get to talk about the big polls, like Rasmussen. They love the Rasmussen poll because it's favorable and slanted toward Donald Trump. They oversample conservatives in the Rasmussen poll. So it's always looking, but Rasmussen's always looking. Yeah, Quinnipiac, do they uh, also wait for more uh, conservatives? Is that what they do? It generally tends to tilt to the right. Oh, uh, but they are pretty accurate in elections. So hmm, I didn't know that. I, I just thought it was Rasmussen was the really and, and Zogby. I think whatever happened to Zog Zogby is no longer a thing anymore. But he totally went to uh, the dark side at some point. Mm-hmm. But Eric Trump was given a job, and that is to follow polls with snack foods. He gets to do the <laughs> gets to go on television and talk about the popcorn poll. And because of course he's Eric Trump and he can't absorb. This is a joke, right? You're, this is from The Onion. Um, this is real. This is Eric Trump on Fox and Friends yesterday morning. There's a new poll that has come out. It looks like uh, Bernie Sanders now is actually higher than Joe Biden. What's going on over there? You know, it's funny. So I actually went to search for this. It's called the the, the, the corn kernel poll, right? Everybody puts a, a kernel c- corn in the bowl that they like. He couldn't even say corn. <laughs> Cur- <laughs> kernel c- c- corn. My name's Eric. <laughs> what? Hey, do you want to talk about the poll? I'm Eric. <laughs> <laughs> Holy shit, I gotta catch my breath. Oh my god, that is my new favorite impression of yours. Oh man, yes. So <laughs> this is really Eric Trump and he he's covering the popcorn poll and he can't even say corn. It's like uh corn. You say some popcorn. It's called the, it's, the, it's, the, it's, the corn kernel poll, right? Everybody puts a, a kernel corn in the bowl that they like. <laughs> Trump's bowl was totally overflowing, right? But they'll actually only show the Democrats. They only show these little ones. You have Mayor de Blasio, the mayor of this city here in New York. He had about three kernels of corn, right? There's 30,000 kernels in, in, in these bowls. He has about three kernels of corn. But they won't show the one on the red podium, which is Trump's, which is literally full to the top and overflowing. Why? Well, because it's a primary and he's a sitting president. Yes. Yes. Oh, for so, fuck's sake. So not only, David, does he have to cover the popcorn poll, which is like the mini page of polls. It's like, next thing you know, he's going to come right. out and say, hey, you know what? Highlights for children is uh, fake news. <laughs> it's like something that he's going to do. But the, with this, not only does he have to cover it uh, and talk about it on Fox and Friends, because he can't talk about actual grown-up polls, um, but he doesn't even understand <laughs> how the snack food poll, how the popcorn exposing poll. exposing the liberal bias well, in the corn kernel poll. But it's not. Where everyone but, takes a kernel c- corn. And, uh, <laughs> <laughs> My name's Eric. I'm hungry. <laughs> so he... So he doesn't even get it. He doesn't even understand that there are basically, there, we got 20 de- on the Democratic side, right? So you're going to have people coming in voting for the Republican Donald Trump or one of the Democrats. So there is one of Donald Trump on the Republican side. One. One bowl that you stick your stupid popcorn in. And then there are 20 Democrats. So of course there's going to be more popcorn in the fucking Trump one because there's only one and then the popcorn for the Democrats gets spread out over 20, 25 different candidates. So, of course, the fucking Trump one is going to be over. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. You know what? For the longest time, I was going, oh, Junior's re- the real dumb one. But now I really think. No, no. Eric is really, I mean, he's the one that looks like a thought out Euro disco vampire. I mean, he's really like, 
Um, <laughs> he just has that completely like overbred, just a uh, sunken eye, just like, nothing's going on in there, man. Just, well, like, yeah, and and you know what? Here's the ultimate irony about this is. Holy shit that I need this news story. Oh my God, did we need this news story? I don't know if there's any more. They got another 24 seconds of this. Let's see what else is in there. They had to bring out a few more jars. It's unbelievable. For your dad. It's unbelievable. Why does the media hide that? I mean, what, literally, just, just Google it right now. Just corn kernel poll. Google it. They only show the Democrats. They won't show Trump's bowl, which is overflowing. I mean, it, it's it's... It's sick that that has to be the narrative in this country and no one can even talk about it unless somebody- it, Yes, it is so sick and repulsive that Donald Trump is getting screwed on the, you know, popcorn poll. There are children crying because they've been separated from their parents, just left on the side of the road, you know, basically. The, Russia is having nuclear accidents. There is unrest around the globe. We're about to lapse into another recession. And Eric Trump is on Fox and, and Friends. The real sorrow, the real tragedy <laughs> is that the news won't look at Donald Trump's bowl full of popcorn. That's right. That goddamn popcorn God bowl. Damn they are. It. God damn it. <laughs> so screwing him. Trump, why can't Trump get a break on the popcorn bowl? Fake news, fake news, fake news. Well, man, oh man. That is, uh, you know, one of those things where. America needs to laugh. And in a weird way, thank goodness there is Eric Trump to help us do that. All right. Lots more to talk about here on the show today. Um, we're going to m- move everything over to the uh, postmortem show on our Patreon page. And you know, I'm totally serious about what I was talking about at the top of the show. The 1,000th subscriber on our Patreon page will get to co host the show. For one episode. Be careful. It'll be Alex Jones or something. <laughs> well, uh, if it's an obvious troll who ends up being the thousandth subscriber, I reserve the right to say, uh-uh, no, sorry, sorry, Eric Trump. You cannot co-host this show. Actually, you know what? My name's Eric. <laughs> oh, shit. <laughs> All right, well, as I was saying, um, so the thousandth uh, subscriber on our Patreon page will get to co-host the show, and, uh, you know, that'll be great, and and obviously Mm. getting to a thousand is just something right now that I'm obsessed with, because we've been stuck in the low 900s, and I just want to push us over the edge. It's just like, you know, you're just waiting. It's on on deck for so long that you just want to get it. I just want to pass that threshold. It's so tantalizing. Um, but okay, so if you want to subscribe, if you subscribe at like five dollars a month, you get to listen to the postmortem show. That's us talking. Coming up right up, uh, coming right up uh, after all of this. After this music is done playing, we just keep on talking, uh, and it all gets uh, posted on our Patreon page. That's bobseskashow.com. Patreon.com/slash/bobseskashow is how you find it, or you just click the all caps Patreon link at bobseska.com. That's the best way to do it. Uh, we're going to talk about uh, oh shit. Space Force is in the news. Oh, no. That means we have to hear the song, doesn't it? Uh, maybe. <laughs> See, you know <laughs> me way too works. well. Yeah, uh, plus uh, we'll talk a little bit about Jeffrey Epstein, the latest from that awfulness. That's coming up, too. Meanwhile, make sure to support David Ferguson's podcast. It's the T-Rex Report at patreon.com slash the T-Rex Report. Link in the description below, as always. Uh, and that's it. 
Have a great weekend. We'll see you on the after party on Friday. Uh, if not, we'll see you on Tuesday. Take care, folks. Bye-bye. This is Frangela, and we host the final word with Frangela and Idiot of the Week podcast. And if you enjoyed this episode, you'll love our show, where every week we talk about real news, real funny. So come on over and listen to the final word with Frangela and find it at sexyliberal.com and on iTunes, Stitcher, TuneIn, and everywhere else you get your podcasts.